2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1 Thus all the work that Solomon wrought for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in the things that David his father had hallowed, even the silver and the gold and all the vessels, and put them in the treasuries of the house of God. They had spare silver and gold, and probably vessels from the first tabernacle that were left over, that they put in storage. Now the reason they would keep that material is because it was sanctified to only be used for the temple and nothing else, and in the future the temple might need repairs and things that you would have to use that gold and silver for, so it was good to put it in storage. 2. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel, and all the heads of the tribes, the princes of the fathers' houses of the children of Israel, unto Jerusalem, to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. The city of David is inside Jerusalem, but it isn't the location that Solomon's temple was built in. They are transporting it within the city from this zone called the city of David to Solomon's temple. 3. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king at the feast, which was in the seventh month. 4. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. And only the Levites would be allowed to take up the ark. This would also be the Kohathites who are carrying it. It was always their charge to carry the ark. And the Kohathites are the Levites from which the high priest's line comes from. 5. And they brought up the ark and the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. These did the priests and the Levites bring up. King David had the ark in a tent in Zion, the city of David, and they had to use the ancient vessels probably the same vessels that Moses had used in the desert. They brought all of that up, the ark and all of its belongings. The distance that they're carrying it, I don't think would be anything more than two miles at the most. 6. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted nor numbered for multitude. Everybody is sacrificing to the Lord on this day. It is a great, great feast of Israel because they're celebrating the ark coming into this glorious golden temple. 7. And the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto its place, into the sanctuary of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. There's two different sets of cherubim. Well, there's several, actually. There's the cherubim that are carved into the golden walls, and there's the two gigantic cherubim that are inside the Holy of Holies. And then there's the small cherubim that are carved that are above the mercy seat on the ark itself. Those are very small cherubim. Eight. For the cherubim spread forth their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim covered the ark and the staves thereof above. This means the gigantic cherubim. Their wings go from the south wall to the north wall when they're spread out. They would also go further extending than the poles that are used to carry the ark. The other name for poles is staves, so when it said staves it meant the poles that you carry the ark by. 9. And the staves were so long that the ends of the staves were seen from the ark before the sanctuary, but they could not be seen without, and they are there unto this day.
they're not there now because Jeremiah hid the ark before the temple was raided by the Babylonians. But at the time that this was written, which was hundreds of years before Jesus Christ was born, the ark was still there. The poles were so long that you could see them when you were in the sanctuary, but you couldn't see them when you were outside of the sanctuary. There's the Holy of Holies, which is in the back of the temple. Then there's a veil in front of that area. And I am assuming that what it means is you can see the ends of the poles on either side of that veil. The sanctuary is where the candlesticks and the showbread table and the perfume table are. The only people allowed in the sanctuary are Levites, and the only person allowed in the Holy of Holies is the high priest who can only go there once a year, and no one else will ever enter the sanctuary. 10. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables, which Moses put there at Horeb, when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Somehow the jar of manna was lost at some point, and Aaron's staff that had budded and blossomed with almond blossoms, that was also lost during the 500 years from when Moses first put those in the Ark of the Covenant to when King David brought the Ark to Jerusalem. At some point it got lost, but the Bible never explains where or how those items were lost. All it says is that the only thing that still remained was the two tablets that God wrote the law on. 11. And it came to pass, when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present had sanctified themselves and did not keep their courses. It's going to say that when all of the human beings left the sanctuary, that was when God filled the sanctuary with his presence. He waited until all the humans were gone because there's no way that they could stand in his presence. His presence is so pure and so holy, we cannot stand before him. We're too dirty, even when we're sanctified, even when we've been cleansed physically, even when God has forgiven our sins, we still can't stand in his presence because at some point in our lives, we have sinned. And therefore, we are not holy like he is. These priests were sanctified to go in there and put all of the holy things in there. But then once they left, then God filled the temple with his presence. 12. Also the Levites who were the singers, all of them, even Asaph, Heban, Jeduthun, and their sons and their brethren, arrayed in fine linen with cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. The singers, which is a huge company of people, they're all outside the sanctuary. They're at the altar, which is in the outer court. They didn't even go into the sanctuary at all. They weren't authorized. 13. And it came even to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Now that is a quote that King David himself wrote. This is like a motto of King David for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And this is in several of King David's songs. When they sang that statement, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. At that moment, when 
all of the singers, all of the musicians were playing and singing, and they were all saying in unison, for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. That's the moment when God filled the entire sanctuary with his presence, and there was no person in there at that time. This is so beautiful. It had to have been heaven on earth, the most spectacular thing you could ever witness. 14. So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. The priests could not stand on their own feet at that moment, which means everyone was bowing down. These people were probably all on their faces. You know why heaven is going to be so good? It's because we're going to be in the presence of God. We're going to finally see him face to face. And that will feel better than anything you could ever feel on earth. You know, some people pursue drugs, sex, money, food, whatever, to try to feel good. And there is going to be no feeling better than seeing the face of God or being in his presence. In the book of Revelation, it explains that the angels just stand in front of the throne of God, worshiping him constantly because it feels good. It's such an amazing feeling to be with our creator that it's not something that you would ever want to end. Anyway, this must have been totally amazing for everybody who was present and witnessed it. And that concludes Second Chronicles chapter 5.